quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Hello, you're listening to the podcast, So There I Was. That's how all great aviation tales begin. This is episode 72, Fig. A big bunch of friggin' balloons. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Sponsor this week is HelloFresh.com slash 50, So There I Was, for 50% off, plus 15% off for the next two months using code 50. So there I was. We'll talk more about that during the show. But this show intro is going to be a little bit out of sequence. We actually record these intros after we record the show, obviously, because that's how we know what we're about to talk about. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like a crystal ball, except we go back in time and all that. So this week, though, especially, we talk about on the show thanking Sal Marinello, one of our new tanker aircraft commanders. But since that happened, now we've got another new tanker aircraft commander. You may remember Yogi. Happy birthday, Yogi, episode 14. Yogi stepped up and is a new tanker aircraft commander. So thank you, Yogi, for your Patreon yes, support. thank you, Yogi. You are a truly remarkable individual. If you'd like to support us, you can support us through uh, Patreon at so there I was dot us slash Patreon. That's so there I was dot us slash Patreon. What do they get their Patreon? Well, let's see. There's three levels of being a Patreon, right? There's uh, right actually pilot four. There's pilot. pilot. There's pilot that gets you access to some extra content. Uh, and then there's uh, section leader, and that'll get you a koozie. Division leader. That'll get you, I think, a coffee mug, if I remember And correctly. then there's Tanker Aircraft Commander. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that'll get you anything you want out of our merch store. Yeah. That is it. So there I was at US slash merch. So some cool stuff up there. I think Fig went and bought himself a bikini. Well, oh. yeah. I generally only wear the bottoms, so. <laughs> though. Yeah, yeah, well, you know. <laughs> you don't want to be weird. Yeah. So uh, if, if you are a Patreon member, uh, there's some... Um, Special content that you only have access to, and that's the Jungle Jim Ross interview that you did uh, several years ago. That was fun going back and listening to that. We uh, The world lost Jungle Jim Ross back in June, and as you might have heard on the show with Intake a few episodes back, he was a legendary pilot, even amongst the blues. So it was fun to talk to him and to find out more about him all these years later. We got to give a special thank you to uh, Chase Cole for running our group on facebook that's uh the, so there i was facebook page huge help thank you chase yeah chasing uh <laughs> no pun intended chasing down all the things that are coming in and trying to reply to people has uh gotten a little bit overwhelming and so his admin help there has been uh gratefully received as has sticks helping us uh, do a lot of this thank you very much sticks and so if you want to write to us though write to either fig it's so there i was dot us Repeat or sticks at so there I was dot us. Repeat spelled R E P E T E. So let's talk about this week. We broke up Taco's interview into two parts because we went a couple hours with him. We actually teased a story last week that you get to hear this week. The Fokker, <laughs> the Fokker incident, which which was a reoccurring yeah. theme. Uh, one of our latest guests also had a Fokker incident. Yeah, that was Gunny Purdue there. Uh, had had one, uh, I think his was at O'Hare, but scared Taco pretty well. And that's where this week's title comes from. A big bunch of friggin' balloons. Had another uh, neat, interesting meetup this week, Fig. I was at the Pease 
the old Pease Air Force Base is in yep. Portsmouth, New Hampshire. I was at the Pease Air Show, and I got to meet up with one of our, our listeners. You may remember way back late last year, I think it was, uh, maybe very early this year, one of our uh, young listeners by the name of Sebastian, he goes by Sebi, got a ride to school in a helicopter on his that's, ninth birthday. That's pretty incredible. That was cool. Sebi's dad, Marcus, and Sebi were both at the air show for a for a reason. They weren't just there to see the airplanes. So Marcus works with a company called Beta, Beta Technologies. You can go on their website, beta.team, T-E-A-M, and see what they're developing. They've got this cool electric plane, and there's two versions of it. There's the Alia CTOL for conventional takeoff and landing, or the VTOL for vertical takeoff and landing. And this thing is amazing. It's got about a 1,500-pound payload, if I remember correctly, 350-mile range. It's able to refuel in under an hour, about 55 minutes. When you want to do forward flight, the well, vertical flight as well, because they're electric motors, the torque is instant. But you can go see it at beta.team. I was impressed. I've got the opportunity to, to fly the simulator that they brought to the air show, and this was no cheap video game. This was an amazing simulator, full surround visuals, and it was not an easy airplane. It wasn't a okay. game, in other words. It was a difficult airplane to, to fly. Uh, as Which version did you fly? So uh, I, I flew the VTOL. What were the controls? That Did was they cool. have like controls like you and I would understand, or were they more like helicopter controls? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> How's that for an answer? It was it it had a, a lever that was much like a collective, but there was no twist handle uh, throttle right. on that. The uh, the way you did it was uh, there was a little paddle switch, so you didn't bring it up accidentally. You move the paddle out of the way, and you lift that lever up, and that started your your vertical flight rotors. And so those those brought you up vertically, and then there was a little thumb wheel on the on the end of that that you pushed forward for forward flight. And so once you got to about a hundred feet, you rolled that thumb wheel forward, and then you had a control stick for the left seat. It was for your left hand and the right seat for your right hand. But you just pushed forward on the control stick for forward flight, and then once you were wingborne, you pushing forward would lower the nose. Yeah. You know, trees get bigger, pull back. Standard trees get smaller. So yeah, conventional standard flight conventional flight, flight controls. Yeah. Once you're going forward, well, that's crazy. Yeah. So really amazing, well thought out, and they have. I I think it's maybe United Technologies. But I forget the name of the company. My apologies. That uh, is buying it for medical delivery, and it looks like UPS is getting on board to get some of their package deliveries. Well, that's pretty. Out in the, you know, the big trunk airplanes come into, say, Burlington Airport, and then they use that to go out to the various small towns throughout Vermont, upstate New York, New Hampshire, right. that sort of thing. It's a pretty impressive setup. Yeah, they've, they've just about to get certified. And so it was fun to fly it. So thank you for that, Marcus. And it was fun to meet both Marcus and Sebi. And to watch Sebi fly this thing like a little expert, a little disconcerting. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, got, we got a feature, uh, name, uh, feature aviator right there. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that was fun. Next. Let's talk about Taco. Let's finish up his interview. He was a lot of fun to have. A lot of, well, good, uh, a lot of good energy, good stories. Taco is a great storyteller. You can say he's... Yeah. You can tell he's got experience behind the microphone telling stories, and he does a, yeah. a fantastic job at that. And his Absolutely. his stories never 
you know, it's it's one of those interviews that uh, I think you feel the same way. I kind of didn't want it to end because I know he has more yeah. more stories. But, you know, at some point, two hours, two hours plus, we had to cut him yeah. off. <laughs> yeah, time to go. <laughs> I had to go to bed. I was exhausted no. that night. I forget what I had done, but I'd been up a long time that day. So we did started off with the 50th anniversary of Iwo Jima. He was there caving out there. Yeah, which is rare. Running uh, around. You know, for our listeners, you, you just don't get to do that. This is this is very no. rare. I I think there's there's people only allowed there once a year, and that's just for the anniversary. I think you're that's, right. It's yeah, I never did get to go yeah. there. So he did that. Uh, he found some P51 wreckage out there, and yeah, he he regrets not bringing it back. But it was it was you know the piece that he wanted was heavy, and so it it got left. Then he talked about uh, doing the Sky Ball for Medal of Honor recipients. Uh, he'd been involved in that, and yeah, that is that is really neat, really neat story, and and what a great organization that is. Hear about his terrorizing moments in the Fokker, and then he closed out with a story that was both terrifying and hilarious at the same time. <laughs> terrifying in that you know that could have ended badly. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it could have. He had a pilot that he said not everyone enjoyed flying with. In fact, most of them didn't. But he was a smart guy. I know where I am. Yeah. I'm an hey, aviator. I don't have to tell me. I'm where an I aviator. Am. I know exactly where I'm at. And boy, was <laughs> he not right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I just wish he'd have gotten a picture I of this. I know. One. I wish I could have seen the look on that dude's oh. face. Right. This is how we close out the show. It's an amazing story. It almost defies credibility, but I believe it happened. But boy, you just kind of go, wow, yeah. really? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, yeah. It, let's just leave it at that because it's, it's good. Story. Let's get out of the way. About and until next week, don't sit on the ejection seat. Night. Don't do it. Comes taco. World's smallest cockpit on the tanker through the weather. Oh, and to the uh, tanker crew who uh, did that. Thanks a lot. We really appreciated that. I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. Well, there I was, crossing the pond, and you could see that I wasn't exactly fond. There I was. Okinawa was one side of the battle in terms of um, nothing being there. Yeah. And then when I went to Iwo Jima for the 50th anniversary, we were going through the caves down there in Iwo Jima. And the caves in Iwo Jima, man, if they were 110 degrees, wait, they had to be 110, wait. I, I missed something degrees. here. Wait, uh, did I just go through a wormhole? Did you say you were in Iwo Jima for the 50th anniversary? How does that happen? Yeah. Okay, explain. for Nobody gets to do that, Taco. So how'd that work out? It was my very last flight with uh, Do you know him? I don't think so. He's over at, It was my last flight in the squadron, and we flew from uh, Okinawa to Iwo Jima, and we brought all the generators and uh, light systems, and we were hauling a bunch of crap out there. And the 50th anniversary happened. Uh, all these, they were, they were united. Or no, Continental, Micronesia, Continental 727s. Yeah, coming out of Guam, yeah. Out of Guam came, and they had like five of them, and they landed, and they brought all the the uh, survivors. Well, I had enough forethought to go to the Intel weenies, and I go, hey, man, could you, do you got a map of Iwo Jima? You know, like a, a big map? And they're like, yeah. Hey, could you pull that map out? Could you laminate it for me? 
And they're like, for what? And I go, tactical study. I would appreciate it. And they're like, oh, okay. So they laminate this map and I rolled it up and took it with me. Well, on the, the day of the visit, so we prepped for two weeks and we stayed, they have like BOQs there. Uh, very sparse. You bring your own food. And we, of course, C-130 guys brought uh, big coolers full of steaks and beer. And uh, everybody else was kind of like, hey, man, can we hang out with you all? Yeah, sure. Come on. Everybody brought um, their MREs. Yeah. You guys brought they had MREs and steak. we had steaks. Yeah. And yeah, we're, yeah. They're, they're like sitting around the edge of the fire trying to get scraps of the steak. But um, for two weeks, we're out there. And so I got, you know, I'm like Mr. Caver guy. And everyone's doing this stuff, and I'm diving through caves. I found a P-51, uh, the wreckage of a P-51. And I still kick myself to this day for not uh, – I got a picture of me lifting this thing up. But it was ways away, and I'd have to haul this piece of aluminum siding with the stars and bars on it. But how cool would that be to have on my man on the wall? A piece of a P-51 Wait, from Iwo Jima. But was it in the in a cave? Oh no no no! Where, where that that find? was just on land. That was just on land. Oh oh. Okay. Um, but okay. no, when you're walking around Iwo Jima, you would go into caves, and the caves go forever. They run from one end of the island to the other if you get into them. And it was kind of like Goldilocks leaving a little trail. We would we would leave little um, markers and things like that as you were walking through the caves, and it was like I said, about 110 degrees. So. They discovered a medical cave with 30 dead Japanese in it, and they had written letters to their families. They knew they were going to die, and they were all on their cots uh, dead, and they're mummified because the heat from those caves just sucked all the moisture out, and they're just all mummified. Um, I won't say that I came home with a canteen or with a thousand-stitch belt, but someone did. And uh, very interesting time to be on Iwo Jima but the difference between Iwo Jima and Okinawa because of the moisture the constant rain everything metal is corroded rusted away and just nothing Iwo Jima even though it's a in the middle of the ocean so you figure the salt air would affect stuff yeah down yeah, inside the cave because of the uh, extreme dry heat everything's perfectly preserved wow. I mean it was just it was an amazing deal. And um, so if I show you this, you can see that on the wall there. The map? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that map. So that he's, map. Uh, for, for our listeners, he's got a map of Iwo Jima. Yeah, that map of Iwo Jima was signed by all of the returning vets who had uh, attended the 50th anniversary. Nice. And so I've got a couple, two Medal of Honor recipients on there, Barney Barnum and uh, Woody Williams. Um, I've got, I just got just a bunch of people and they were all like, Hey man, can I put down where I was wounded? And I'm like, nah, just, uh, you know, if you could start right here, the organized line. Well, what were yeah. they saying? Like, uh, Oh my ass. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, got, I, got, I got shot here on this spot. Here on the Island. I thought you meant show you where I was wounded. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, they, they, they just started right down, right down, right, left, uh, columns. And, and I told my wife, I go, look, man, when I die, don't sell my crap for a dollar at a garage sale because that map is one of a kind, uh, give it to the national museum up in Quantico. Cause I guarantee you, they the don't Marine have Corps, anything to go to the like Marine Corps that. museum. 
Yeah, I, I mean, they don't have anything like that. All Taco, you should just dead. take it there for crying out loud. Yeah, right. Just take it there. Yeah, but it, I look at your house it, burns it down. Brings back memories. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. My house, man, I got so much crap. Uh, but, you know, all the sand oh, for me awesome. with Jima, um, you know, yeah. put them, I'll put sand in these little jars and give them out to buddies and stuff. But that Iwo Jima was a very, that was a cool deal. Um, one of the highlights Pretty of my awesome. career. That's a, that's a hallowed yeah. island. Yeah. That's a rarity. That's a rare thing. And that that's your, you are so blessed to be able to get to do that. That's awesome, man. That is a total. There you see, one thirty guys got all the good deals, man. All yeah. the good. we had, we had Harry. What, guys so over one of there. our listeners said that uh, Woody just passed away, and he was a great friend of his. That was uh, Jason Spears, who gave us a huge donation last week. Thank yeah. you, Jason. But Jason, uh, I need to start a hell of a an American and Marine. I need a Patreon and have you come out and hang out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got to go. start that up, man. You guys are good. Um, that no, that. Woody, Woody, you know, when you talk about a Medal of Honor recipient, right? And people are like, oh, Medal of Honor winner. I'm like, no, no, no. They're, they're recipients. Yeah. 15, 16 years ago. I know I did it for 16 years. So 2005, I started working with an organization called Skyball. It was American Airlines and Fort Worth Air Power Council. And it was a very small organization raising funds for our vets. So kind of a neat deal. And as I got into it, my forte was taking care of all of the Medal of Honor recipients. And I, th- I remember the first year I did it, we had three. And when I finished, we would have 32 living recipients attend Skyball. And so I became uh, friends with a lot of these these folks. And it's a real pleasure and honor to say that, you know, I can pick up the phone and call you know, call somebody and go, Hey, Woody, you know, would you come on my podcast type thing? Um, unfortunately, Woody, of course, passed, uh, probably about two, two years ago, I think. Um, but no, like I was just up in Oshkosh with, uh, General Brady, who was, um, Medal of Honor, Vietnam helicopter dust off pilot and, uh, Sam, uh, Dixie or Dixie Davis, uh, Dixie and Sammy, uh, Davis. Okay. Oh, yeah. I met Sammy Davis about two years ago here in uh, New Hampshire. Did you? Yeah. Sam, Sammy, yeah. Sammy and Dixie are awesome. He, he yeah. Sammy's amazing. He played the harmonica for us and everything. But yes. he uh, he took a mortar round that was a, like a sh- shotgun blast in the back and still managed to swim across the river and save Marines that were. You, you know what? It They got mortared, but what it was was those were beehive rounds that yes. came into them. Yeah. His own men shot him. Because yeah. they thought they were dead, and the MVA were overrunning his position, so they fired a beehive round at his position, and right. he happened to be laying there, and he got caught um, with a couple of those. But Sammy, just phenomenal guy. Kyle Carpenter, uh, I had Kyle last year, yeah. and the Air Boss, who's a Marine, goes, "Kyle, man, it's such an honor to meet you. Is there anything I can do for you?" And if you guys don't know Kyle, Kyle is a gosh, oh shucks. Thanks, sir. Yeah. Gosh, I really appreciate it. He's the most humble, the greatest guy in the world. Yeah. And I looked at the air boss. I go, time out, air boss. That young man needs a ride in the back of a P-51. And he goes, nice. I'll, do, you, do you want to go ride in a P-51? Kyle's like, well, sir, you know, if that's available, I, I want to turn it down. 
hey, it's Airboss. Hey, you know, and we're talking the Airboss at Oshkosh, right? So he picks up the phone, he calls somebody, and next thing you know, he turns to me and he goes, can you get Kyle over to the Warbirds at 7 a.m. tomorrow morning? I'm like, on it, sir. So at 7 a.m. next morning, Kyle's in the back of uh, Bud Anderson's P-51 out there doing formation work and having a blast. Oh. So I've just been, I've been blessed with, uh, I feel like Forrest Gump. Yeah, you know, I've met, it's, you know, so funny you should funny you should say Forrest Gump. The segue on that is Sammy Davis is the man whose oh, uh, body right. is used in yeah. Forrest Gump when they're pinning the Medal of Honor on him. That's that's no. Sammy Davis, and they CGI Tom Hanks' head onto him. But that that was how they that was how they had President Johnson putting the Medal of Honor on Forrest Gump. That was Sammy Davis standing there. Yeah, so, and you know they also modeled modeled him running back into the woods to go save his men yeah off of sammy davis and what he did going back to go grab his guys and then swim them on a rubber bitch across the river you know a blow up air mattress yeah across the river to safety and he did that numerous times i mean that sammy uh sammy has he's out in the country up in indianapolis uh in indian uh, outside of indianapolis and he has horrible (laughs) wi-fi yeah. Just this week, Sammy has um, just installed uh, DSL or uh, one, two terabytes or whatever of uh, of Wi-Fi. So I'm going to get him on my podcast. Oh, nice! I'm, I'm dying a, to have you on the finally, podcast. That's outstanding. The internet through a straw. Hey, right. uh, so Chucker says uh, Woody. Woody brought a live cartridge from his flamethrower to breakfast that he used from his Medal of Honor day, and the waitress was a little concerned. <laughs> That's outstanding. That a uh, javelin, there, fake javelin. Sorry, sorry, javelin. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, Woody, Woody, uh, Woody, his uh, grandsons—they're uh, just phenomenal people. And they, the Gold Star Memorials that uh, his legacy, or these Gold Star Memorials that they have put around cities around the the country—that's um, his legacy, and it's it's all after he got back and. One of his neighbors, they, you know, they had the gold stars up there. And so he goes, you know, gold star mothers don't get the recognition or the families don't get the recognition enough. And so they started building these monuments all around. People can donate. Uh, if you go to the Woody Williams Foundation, you can donate uh, to do that. And Woody, I, t- I literally, we did a live uh, feed with Woody a week before he passed in the hospital in West Virginia. And you would never have known that that guy was about to die. Uh, Commandant wow. of the Marine Corps was there. We're, we're sitting there. We're, he was supposed to be there. It was his birthday. And he wasn't able to make it. I, because I, I still had a relationship with uh, General Berger, I emailed him and said, Hey, sir, I'd like to invite you down to Texas. We're having a big party for Woody for his birthday. Would you like to come? And he's like, Sure, Taco, I'll be there. What's the date? <laughs> you know, so I give him the date. And he goes, pending the world blowing up, I'll be there. Okay, sir. No worries. And he showed up. And then, of course, last minute, Woody wasn't able to come. But, uh, yeah, God, God speed, Woody. Yeah. That guy was like a jackrabbit, too, because he never stopped. I mean, he's 90. He was 97, 98 years old and just oh, constantly, no constantly going. And I think because he stayed involved all these years and was so active in his foundation that kept him young at heart. And that's what I love. Yeah. You know, it's more than just physics. A body at rest tends to remain at rest. 
and a body in motion. The man had yeah. a purpose. Absolutely. He, did. he was driven. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he sure and did. That's important. Absolutely. All right, I'm going to shift gears real quick. Taco. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, we always ask guys, uh, scaredest, uh, scaredest event in an airplane, uh, funniest event in an airplane. Uh, your airplane didn't have an ejection handle because we usually ask, did you ever have your hand on an ejection handle? Well, in your case, uh, what, what, uh, did you ever want to jump out? <laughs> yeah. Did you, did you ever think, yeah, save you a know, parachute you know, for me, boys? You know, the scariest time I ever, I've ever, I mean, I've lost engines. We had the dreaded three engine approach or whatever. I've lost, I lost the engine in my Cherokee 140 one night. Flying That'll get your attention. And oh, all the oil pissed out the bottom. That, that, that scared the shit out of me in a way. But I'll tell you the, the one time that I have, I almost shit myself. Was taken off out of LaGuardia in an F-100. I mean, literally, I almost lost my bowels. Oh, it's um, another F-100 story. Yeah. F- F-100, good. Fokker, you know, the little Fokker. Yeah. The yeah. Barbie oh, wait, jet. wait. Was that the big motor Fokker or the little motor Fokker? <laughs> little motor Fokker. It was a okay, little, little motor Fokker. Fokker. Okay. It was a little right, F-100. This <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a Dutch airplane that held 100 passengers, and we called it the Barbie jet because it was always two pilots, two flight tents. And it was like a little Barbie jet. And it was the yeah. best flying airplane in the fleet. It was an awesome airplane. The air brakes uh, or speed brakes in the back were little clamshells that came out. But I took off out of LaGuardia, and it was maybe, you know, wintertime. It was raining. Ceilings were about 400 feet. Punch up into the goo. I'm hand flying. The guy's giving us vectors. Turn left hitting uh, three five zero. Roger. You know, in the... Captain's talking on the radios, and I'm hand-flying this thing. And we're going through heavy rain. And, I mean, we're talking the rain is pelting the windshield so loud that you can hardly hear the radios or the other guy. And as I'm sitting there flying this, uh, we get up higher and higher. We hit about 5,000 feet, and it's getting lighter and lighter. And you know that moment where you're just about to pop out. You're just about to emerge from the clouds. And there'll be yeah. the sun, and you're like, you know, Hallelujah! Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. What, what, what's that? What's, what's that song? Uh, uh, I can see clearly now. Oh, there you go. The yeah. clouds have gone. Yeah, I can yeah. see all obstacles in my way. Well, yeah. I'm coming up, and I'm still on the instruments, mind you. I'm looking down. It's getting lighter. I can perceive it's getting lighter, and all of a sudden, I pop out. And we pop out of the clouds. And it's just a layer of clouds in front of us, a solid ocean of clouds. And we pop out, and directly in front of me is a fucking giant object as big as the airplane. What? This multicolored (sighs) object is directly in front of me. And my first reaction, ah! and I I put my hand up, (laughs) and I push the yoke, and... Bam, we hit this thing, and the captain's screaming next to me, and he goes, ah! like that. <laughs> because, you, dudes, you pop out of the clouds, and there's this friggin' object as wide as, as wide as the cockpit of a, of a F-100, of a commercial airliner. It was a clump of frigging balloons, this, like, up. No. You know, imagine a <laughs> no. big clump of balloons that had gotten away from a street vendor, and it went up no. through the clouds, through the rain, and it was just sitting there, hanging there, right as we bust out of the clouds. We hit this clump of balloons, which, by the way, we ingested a few, I'm sure. Um, 
and it just went everywhere, right? And the and the controller gives us a left turn, and we turn, and there's just balloons everywhere, all over the sky. And I look at the captain; he looks at me, and and I go, "Oh my god, I think I shit myself." And he goes, "I think I need to go back and change my underwear too." I thought we were dead because you don't expect to see that, you know. And uh, and then he gets on the radio and goes, "Hey, oh. hey, Lagordia departure. Uh, hey, uh, listen." There is a frigging bunch of frigging balloons, and uh, and he was using frigging, I'm sure, yeah, um, out out there, and we just ran through them, big giant clump of balloons that were tied together, and they are now loose. So please tell everyone behind us, don't freak out when you bust out because they are there, and uh, <laughs> and so when people ask me what's the scariest moment you ever had, well, that, there's a UFO we almost collided with, but no, it was a yeah. frigging clump yeah. of balloons that scared me the most oh that's terrifying wow. i mean i've Holy lost the engineer stuff but to bust out you know boop, 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 and you bust out and all of a sudden it's right there i've never been that scared in my life oh you don't man. yeah to see no that. time to move no time no to no and there's and then, ding 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 yeah what was that because i pushed the yoke forward you know ah! yeah. <laughs> in negative g and kind of launched the flight tenant in the back uh in her straps well, that's two possible show titles there ah or <laughs> a bunch of friggin' balloons <laughs> yeah yeah there i was that's a good man. story but that's a good story dude, that, that's a, that's the scariest time i've ever had flying in an airplane Listen, friends, I'm going to ask a favor of you here, and I wouldn't ask you to try this if it wasn't something I hadn't personally tried and think you're going to like to. We've all been there. Life gets hectic, and dinner time feels like a flight on a bumpy day. But here's the good news. You can kickstart a fresh fall routine with HelloFresh, the culinary co-pilot you've been dreaming of. Picture this. HelloFresh handles all the meal planning and shopping, delivering everything you need to cook up a tasty meal right at home. They do the hard part, and you get to take all the credit. It's like having a trusty co-pilot right there in the kitchen with you. And when it comes to options, HelloFresh believes more is more. Their menu boasts 40 recipes and over 100 add-on items to choose from every week. It's like having a menu as diverse as an international airport. Now, let's talk about time, because in a busy fall schedule, who has enough of it, right? With HelloFresh, you don't need to spend all evening in the kitchen. With quick and easy recipes and 15-minute meals, you can get a tasty dinner on the table faster than your flight lands at your destination. Recently, I was pressed to feed my kids, and I usually resort to taking them out. But then I remembered I had a HelloFresh meal waiting in the fridge, so I gave it a shot. You won't believe how satisfying it was to make something healthy and fresh right at home. It's as satisfying as landing smoothly after a turbulent flight. Now, here's the deal. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50 so there I was and use the code 50 so there I was for 50% off plus 15% off for the next two months. Yes, you heard that right. 50% off plus 15% off for the next two months. So this fall, make mealtime a breeze with HelloFresh. America's number one meal kit is here to ensure you enjoy delicious home-cooked meals without the hassle. That's HelloFresh.com slash 50 so there I was and use the code 50 so there I was to get 50% off plus 15% off for the next two months. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit.
Yeah. I lost a motor in the Cherokee and I stayed high. And I remember, do I declare emergency or not? What kind of paperwork do I have to file? And then I was thinking, if this thing seizes on me, I'm over eastern North Carolina. It's nothing but warehouse of trees. I'm going to yeah. crash in the top of these trees. I just pray that Civil Air Patrol kid comes out there with his little ELT finder and finds my body before the coyotes get me. And um, <laughs> and anyway, the engine's like, boom, 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 boom. And it just stops. And the, and the blade stops. You know, they always say, yeah. uh, nothing makes a pilot sweat more when the big fan stops in the front. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And I got the lights and I'm talking to Cherry Point Approach. And then I switch over to the uh, flight service station. And my voice is about five octaves higher, I'm sure. <laughs> this is at and, night, right? And, this is at night. And night. night oh, this is the oh, worst shit. part, Fig. I'm a brand new pilot, right? I just got my wings. I've got 250 hours, maybe. And I bought this oh Cherokee gosh. 140 going, yeah, I'm a pilot. I'm going to buy this airplane. So I can't even read that. Said, so have you completed the Spar AD 40? No, or on, no on, that, uh, Have you completed the Spar AD? Or have you no, got the airplane no, I, still? No, they, I sold the airplane in 99 to a guy, and, and I told him, I go, look, this airplane's been great. It's got a brand new motor. The only thing you can do to screw yourself in this airplane is to overload it because it's got four seats. Four seats doesn't mean you can put four people no. in it. Yeah. Now, I've got, I got a Grumman Tiger that's like that. You can do that. Actually, I could load my entire family in the Grumman Tiger and make it all the way from uh, Sky Haven to Peace. It's about 12 miles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, light load you tap. You can't carry any fuel. No. Yeah, light load, light load. <laughs> well, this guy I sold it to crashed it out of Whiteman Air Force, by Whiteman Air Force Base. I told him, oh, I yeah. said, you don't overload this friggin' airplane. You, your girlfriend, you know, hopefully she's 110 pounds and a bag. And light load the tabs on a hot day. And what's he do? He puts three big dudes in the airplane. You can look it up, uh, November 4435 Juliet. And he took off on a grass strip uh, in the afternoon and crashed into the trees and destroyed the airplane. They all survived, but destroyed. Oh, thank God. Yeah, and then I bought a 1929 fleet. So uh, I used that money to buy a fleet. I had an old biplane, which was a time machine. Right? Yeah. Biplanes. Have you guys ever flown in a biplane? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a time yeah. machine. You're yeah. you're listening to the same wind through the flying wires as the guys did back in the twenties and the thirties. And it yeah. you know, just resonates a high A plus when you land and yeah, it's a friggin' time machine. I love that airplane. I miss it. But actually I'm glad I sold it when I did in eight because uh I sold it before I went to Afghanistan for a ground tour with the uh, Afghan National Police uh, to this guy in Australia, which is a funny story because that guy ends up, he went to gra- he went to grammar school with my cousin in Australia. Yeah, so he's like, yeah, right, mate. Um, yeah, so uh, ha- how do you have relatives over in Australia? And I said, oh, my cousin, his, his uh, dad married an Australian girl, brought a war bride back. He died in a car wreck. She went back to Australia. Married a cop. Some dude that he put away was an EOD guy in World War II. Put a bomb on the doorstep. Blew the family up. Killed the mom, oh, the dad, shit. and his stepsister. And the only reason nice Roger guy. survived. Yeah, only reason he survived was he was playing army men on his bed. And his front, his door, bedroom door, blew 
like that and caught the top of his uh, bed post and covered him when the house collapsed. And so he came to Knoxville and lived with our family and grew up until he turned 18. Then he went back to Australia and married a girl. And so we, we still go see our relatives over there. And, uh, and anyway, this guy went to, to grade school with Roger and he goes, you know what, mate, if, uh, if you're like Roger McCampbell's, uh, cousin, eh, I'll just go ahead and wire you the money. Do you have your routing number, mate? <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. You haven't even seen the airplane. He goes, yeah, I don't worry about it. They're like, if, uh, yeah, you're Roger's, uh, nephew, uh, cousin. Yeah. I'll buy you airplane sort of on scene, mate. I'm like, all right. <laughs> so he bought the airplane, right? Shipped it over, came over. Came over right before I flew to Afghanistan. It's one of those like 24 degree February days in, in Dallas. I'm in my bear okay. suit. I fly sure. over, put this guy in the airplane. He's in the front seat. I got to piss. I'm like, do you just sit on the brakes? Because it took me an hour and a half to fly around the Class B airspace. I said, just sit on the brakes. I'll be back. I run in, take a pee, come back. We take off, do three full stops. And he owned a tiger moth, so I knew he was a tailwheel guy. And we uh, we take off, we go fly around, and uh, we come back and land. And I told him, the problem with the fleet was the gear, as it comes down, there's an oleo, or there's there's like a an O in the strut, and the other strut goes through it. So when you take <clears> off, the wheels can't, like this. And then when you land, one will come out first, then the other one. So if you're on asphalt, it feels like you're going off the runway. And if you're on grass, it, it's not really noticeable. But we're on an asphalt runway. So I told him, I said, it's kind of ice skating with the rudder pedals because you don't have a lot of aileron authority. And I said, when we touch down, just little gentle pushes on the aileron or on the rudder. Well, the guy, man, he felt it going off and he frigging hit the oh, yeah. aileron and the rudder to try to get it back over. And, of course, the right wingtip hits the, w- the runway, and then he overcorrects <laughs> and goes left wingtip. Well, the next thing that happens is the airplane flips over upside down or, or does a ground loop. But what happened was um, it, it happened too fast for me. I was in the back seat to do anything. It went right wingtip, left wingtip. And as he dug the left wingtip in, the airplane spun and did a 180 on the runway. I flipped and switched the mag switches off. So as the airplane stopped, instead of going forward now and the blade hitting the uh, pavement, the blade literally just stopped. And and we stopped and we got out and I looked and he skinned the wings. And I said, you know, mate, if you didn't like my airplane, I was going to give you the money back. But I got to tell you right now, uh, you bought my fucking airplane, mate. <laughs> and he's, he's like, "Yeah, no worries, mate. Yeah, I got to take the wings off, right? Ship it back. So I'll just, uh, I'll just fix the wings up, and poof, off we go." Actually, I don't think I said it. You bought, I said you bought my airplane. I don't think I used the F word. Sorry about that. Uh, and and he is a, a great pilot, and um, he just, it just is muscle memory. You know, when you're flying an airplane and you feel it doing something your muscle memory is to do a counter correction. You're not used to it. And sure. to his, to his credit, you know, uh, it could have been a lot worse, but, uh, no, he's, he's actually, he fixed the airplane up. He's flying it down in Australia. He's winning all the awards for the best looking 1929 fleet two biplane in Australia. Mate. Cool. Yeah. 
Yeah. So like, how yeah. about that, mate? Yeah. How about that, mate? Yeah. Good on you, right? Yeah. So like, yeah, yeah. I'll just bore your airplane, mate. <laughs> now nah, they're all good. Uh, good people. What else you want to talk about? What else can I? What else can I bullshit for? I mean, we've been going for an hour and forty minutes. Yeah. What else I can know. I tell hey, you? Pete, what do you think? I don't Let's know. see. I know uh, he's well, had a long uh, day. Hit, hitting the balloons. That that, well, that was terrifying. That uh, oh man. Let's see. Was, um, that balloon right, thing so, was. Uh, I got swear to God, was the scariest thing I've ever had. <laughs> Sounds so, so benign. you 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 kind of alluded to this. Uh, uh, flying the KC one thirty. You know, you got knuckleheads like us coming up to refuel, and uh, every once in a while, somebody, uh, you know, yeah. rip, rips their probe like off runs, or rips your basket either, off. Either rip rips their probe off or or takes your hose. Uh, so, what 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 can you tell us about that? I mean, how what 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 I mean, yeah, has happened to you? Yeah, it's uh, it's I've, uh, I've you guys back, are I've sitting ducks if uh, if you get hit. So you you know what C one thirties were always like your home based you. You know, they say you're home base, but I, I sat there once with a buddy of mine. We were, I had my little daytime or weekend glance. I've been doing that. I have 30 years worth of weekend of glance in my closet. I could tell you what I did, you know, and I used to drive my roommates crazy because they would do the phone bill and they go, oh, this crazy phone call for 30 minutes must have been taco. And I'm like, no, it wasn't. I was in Rota, Spain, bitch. That ain't my phone call. You know, because I could look it up and go, I was in Road to Spain that week. So, um, and that How really worked know? out. Yeah, that worked out. <laughs> that worked out really well when I had my uh, my ex girlfriend. I've got a love child uh, out there, and we had to go to court and stuff. And she claimed all this stuff, and I go, uh, No, we did not date for eight months, and I did not leave you at eight and a half months before you were the child was born. I can show you in my daytimer where we only dated for two months. And that was it. You were crazy, psycho. I broke up with you. And then uh, two years, three years later, I get an email going, oh, by the way, I want child support. So um, that was kind of crazy. But the, uh, what was I talking about? Now, I'm Well, I, I can say this. One of the, some of the most spectacular flying I've ever personally witnessed was done by that man <laughs> be, behind a KC-130. I saw a octafluguron around the basket. What? And, and yes, I don't know how. I don't know. I, I just Wasn't me, don't no know. one saw me. You can't prove a thing. <laughs> At one point, I thought, oh, shit, this is going to go bad. Because the, the, uh, the, it's, it's like the hose was half wrapped around the probe, and he went in with the basket was behind him, and somehow he unwound it, and in the process of unwinding that thing, did an octaflugelron around it. So he totally, uh, fell out completely unscathed, and then, and then stabilized and went, boop, put it right back in, and I'm sitting oh, up there, you know, in the high God. cover watching, going, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> Yeah, we were. All, we, you know what? We were. We were all at Cherry Point. I was there ninety one yeah. to ninety four. Yeah. So we were all yeah. there at the same time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there. I was there. It was cocaine. No, <laughs> this. These are all. Can you see that? Um, okay, he's holding up a triangle. Looks like arrowheads or something. Almost, yeah, but, no, yeah. no. They're they're prehistoric shark's teeth. Nice. And what nobody knows is that these things are laying all uh, that whole area of the Noose River was a breeding ground for sharks back in the day, right? Millions huh. of years ago. These are all 
Sharks. Look how big that damn thing is. Yeah, that these are all giant. sharks' tooth, sharks' teeth from from Cherry Point. That yeah. you know, we were walking along the beach, and I just happened to have them in my drawer. Man, they're there. You go, trivial pursuit. Yeah, they're all all uh, old teeth. Okay, now one more piece of trivia. Who remembers the bartender's name at the Dirty Shame? Debbie. Oh, nice try. No, <laughs> no, it was Connie. She was a Filipino. It was Connie. Girl. Filipino girl. No, that was her. That was the other one. There were two of them, but Connie. Connie was the main one and the manager, and uh, and I only know that because uh, my wife and and Kathy Miakovich were was her best friend. Connie was Kathy's older sister. So. You know, you know, I got all right. I got one story. Oh boy, here we go. I I walk into the bathroom to go take a piss, and General, what's his name, comes over here to the right of me. The chief of staff is over to the left of me, <laughs> and I'm I'm sitting there pissing. And I look over to the right, and oh, it's the general. And I look over to the left, oh, it's a colonel. It's the chief of staff, and I'm pissing. I'm in the middle stall, and they're on left to right. And the friggin' colonel rips this big, giant, wet fart. No, no, keep the talking, general, colonel. We'll find you. <laughs> yeah, the, the general, the general rips this big ass fart, and the chief of staff has got his head up against the wall, and he's pissing. And uh, and the general goes, hey, hey, Bob, it's your wife. Telephone, it's your wife. She's got bad breath. <laughs> and so I start laughing. And they're like, oh, hey, God. Lieutenant, what's so funny? I'm like, nothing, sir, I'm done. Nothing, sir. No. Oh, boy. <laughs> I had a funny thought. <laughs> yeah, I had a thought. Man, I hadn't thought about that in oh, years. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Oh, geez. Well, yeah. geez, there go gee, the honey, ratings. She's got bad breath. <laughs> Thanks, Taco. Thanks a lot, Taco yeah. Bell, yeah, you, get- you son of a bitch. Indeed. Well, you know what? Indeed. Thanks a lot, Taco. And Taco, thanks a lot. Thank you for your service. Thanks for joining us. We really yeah, man, appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for your service, Taco. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, yeah. you guys are worth it, right? You guys are worth it. And and the pointy nose guys protected us. Can, can I tell you one one story? You know, One you last one, then we got to land the plane. All well, right. Please do. Please All right, I got story. I got this guy. His name was Major B. I won't say his name. All right. And uh, Major B was the biggest douche that nobody liked flying with. All and right. so the first Gulf War guys, they go over there and they're doing their deal. And uh, if you, were you guys over there in the first Gulf War? Oh, well, he brings that so, up again. Funny <laughs> you bring it? that up. Uh, so VMA two twenty three sat in Cherry Point and watched the whole damn thing on CNN. CNN. Yeah. Well, Major Major B is over there, and they're on the border of Iran and Iraq, and they're re- doing air refueling. MCON air refueling, which uh, to your viewers is a guy sitting in the back, and he's got this little light, you know, green, you know, flash a, a green or red or yellow or something to the jet that's coming up asking to get gassed. And so no, no communications at all. And so he calls and he goes, hey, sir, we got an F-14 coming up on the starboard side. Well, I'm sorry. Let me back up. Before that, they're sitting there flying and the navigator goes, hey, sir, you need to come right. We keep getting blown by the winds. You need to come left on this hitting empty frets. So after about two or three of these, hey, sir, you got to come left. He turns around and goes, hey, do you see these goddamn wings? And the sergeant's like, yes, sir. And he goes, I'm a goddamn naval aviator. I know how to fly a friggin' airplane. He goes, okay, sir. So he turns the radar off. It's like, you. A horrible crew coordination. 
and the airplane's doing the loops and the wind's blowing it and blows it over. And next thing you know, the guy in the back goes, hey, Gunny, we got a uh, F-14 coming up for gas. And so the F-14 pulls up and the hose comes out and they go to work and the hose comes out and the F-14 stabbing it, trying to get in. And the uh, Lance Corporal in the back goes, man, this guy can't hit shit. He can't get in the basket, save his life. You know, the basket's there and he kind of pushes and it's yep. moving. Yep. You got to anticipate <laughs> yes, and do your deal to get the plug. Well, yep. then when he finally plugs in, oh, he's looking at the country code recognition deal and he goes, we could deselect all the stations except for who you want to talk to. Like if you're in the back, you want to talk to the co-pilot, you want to okay. talk to the gunny, whatever. So he deselects everybody and gets the flight engineer or not flight. Yeah, flight engineer. And he goes, hey, gunny, I need you to come back here. He goes, what? He goes, Sir, there's something. He goes, Gunny, there's something going on. I need you to check this out for me. <laughs> so Gunny tells Major B, douche, hey, uh, I'll be right back. I got to go check something out. So he goes, unplugs, and he goes in the back, and he goes up to him. He, you know, pulls the headset out. What? You know, because it's really loud back there. And he goes, right. what country is that jet from? <laughs> and he's looking at it, and he's like, what the fudge? And he goes, and he pulls his plug out of the ICS. And he plugs in and he deselects everyone except for the navigator. He goes, hey, dickhead, where the fudge are we? And the guy goes, I don't know. Ask the goddamn naval aviator. He's a fucking aviator. He knows where we are all the time. <laughs> and he goes, no, turn up your goddamn scope. And so he turns the scope up and he goes, holy shit, we're over in Iranian airspace. That was an Iranian F-14 they were giving gas to. And so yeah. so he runs back up to the Oops. front. And he, he goes, tap, tap, tap. And he goes, hey, that's an Iranian F-14. You need to come left. Okay? Gently come left. And so, so Major B turns left and starts drifting back. And as soon as they went across the border, the F-14 unplugs, pulls up next to him, and the pilot gives him a snappy salute and then peels <laughs> off. And uh, I, I wrote a paper about that, about crew coordination, crew concept, and oh, you know stuff like that. That is outstanding. That is a you great know, story. That is a great way is, to land this plane. There is a podcast in Iran right now. It's the equivalent of So There I Was. And there's an F-14 pilot telling this exact story from his point of view. They gave us gas. I took, I got fuel from a Marine C-130. The dumbasses didn't know who I was. I, I, I really think that dude came up to investigate, do his deal, and then all of a sudden... The hose comes out automatically, oh, and the guy's like, goes, okay, hey, right. man, I haven't done this. I'm going to try this. And I'll take some gas. Plug. fuel. <laughs> yeah, he could have plugged in. Perfect. Oh, Absolutely great. perfect. Well, that's a great so, way to end the show. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> We've got someone else we need to thank, too, this week. Uh, we got a new tanker aircraft commander. Javelin was our first one, and Sal Marinello stepped up and became one on Patreon this week, too. Thank you very much, Sal. Sal. Thank oh, you, Sal. Uh, Oh, thank you. Yes, uh, send us some yeah. guys that have good stories, bro. Send us some guys that have good stories. We, I'll get you hooked up with Huggy. We also need to thank folks over at Backbeat Media who get us our advertising. Dave Hamilton is the host of the Mac Geek Gab, the Gig Gab, 
for musicians and the business brain. So thank you, Dave. We appreciate all your help over there. Thank you, Dave. Brad Sulcott lets us use some of his photos. I don't have one up behind me right now, but I've used some throughout the show and on our website over at bdsaviationphotography.com. Thank you very much. Much appreciated. Fig, if uh, someone wants some of the cool merch, like, say, I don't know, like a drinking glass or uh, a hat or a bikini, where where might one go? Well, you could go to so there I was dot us slash merch, you and go. you could wear a bikini bottom like I'm wearing right now, but you just TMI, can't see. TMI, TMI. <laughs> yeah, well, we got yeah. there's a you know yeah we got a lot of good stuff there. Yeah, yeah repeats wearing a cool shirt. I got a hat. Oh God! Uh, he was drinking out of a tumbler earlier. Then uh, if you heard a term you don't understand, look look up for the answers to what it might be on sederowos.us slash glossary. You can email us if the term isn't there. How would they get a hold of us via email? Well, uh, you can reach out to Fig. At so there I was dot us repeat at so there I was dot us. If you really want to talk to the smart guy, it sticks at so there I was dot us. Absolutely, he's been a huge help. Send us your yeah. photos of where you're listening to the show. We've got a few. We're going to get them up on Facebook on the Facebook page. So there I was or Facebook dot com slash so there I was dot us. We'll get some photos up there. Come join the page there. Tell us a story. We had a guy who was uh, at a squadron that uh, brought uh, the Blue Angels jets in, the, the very first F-18s, uh, Blue Angels F-18s. They got them from his squadron, painted them blue, and, uh, yeah, brought them there. That, that story's up on our Facebook page. Then a couple other people we need to thank, Fig. There, there. Well, that that is the music of the two Air Force F-16 pilots that made the Air Force sound good. That is the Dos Gringos. Both of them. Dos Gringos. Listen to them. Awesome music. Awesome music. It is indeed. And they've come on the show with us. Got to have them back. They let us use their music. Thank you, gents. We much appreciate that. In the meantime, what else can we say? Don't let any Iranians uh, tank off of your airplane. And until so next week, the ejection handle. Stay safe and <laughs> check six. Well, there I was crossing the pond, and you could see that I wasn't exactly fond of all the shit I was wearing all that day. Now an F-16 is cramped enough, but it's even worse With all that stuff supposed to save your life But we knew there was no way Cause when you're going down the North Atlantic, man, it's over That's what he said. It's over. That boy is a P-I-G pig. <laughs>